Stay true, stay real, stay righteous. What are you having to drink tonight, Chris? I'm going to have a drink called 8-Bit Eternal Reflections. Uh-oh, 8-Bit. 8-Bit. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so this is 8-Bit Eternal Reflections, and yeah, so they're out of California. 8-Bit Brewing. Oh, it is California. Mm-hmm. Thought so. Right on. We were no, we were so we were t- <laughs> so talking about California. Mm-hmm. It it was popping a song in my head. But yeah, that was off that show, The OC, right? Yeah, our sister watched a lot of shows like that. <laughs> but I don't. I always remember a lot of the shows had really good opening songs, like opening theme songs. Remember that a lot of them had some pretty good ones. The shows were absolute garbage, though. <laughs> absolute garbage. <laughs> what, what 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 was that type? Of, what was that genre of show? I don't know. I mean, it was kind of the, it was kind of the, so you had like, so you had the OC, you had One Tree Hill. Dawson's Creek. Yeah, Dawson's Creek. That goes back for, I mean, I guess it was kind of like teen love dramas and stuff. But you know what's funny? I believe that that was the starting point for what we now see, you know, every vampire teen, like love drama. It's always, you know what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Kind of, Vampire, you know, everything's evolved. Well, no. All right, here's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Those shows were the base point for shows that are now fantasy elements with the whole teen yeah. love thing kind of going on. Why do you think why do you think that it's I, I think people got that. bored. I think people people got <laughs> they fucking start bored. throwing in some unusual stuff like we we can't. We I watch them maybe yeah. like every once in a while when Mary Helen was was watching them, but they were just so boring. Like the conversations <laughs> were so dull. My issue with shows like that are that everybody has these very apparent emotions about each other, yet nobody would just fucking say it. Nobody would just say, "Hey, I I love you." Or hey, I think a lot of you. It, and it's hey, very, we, should it's we go very on a date? Un, it's very unrealistic. Well, they spend like ten <laughs> episodes creating this. They create this love tension, and my God, does it make for boring story? It's not creative. Where's the creativity? People That's, don't want creativity. They just want to. They want garbage. <laughs> what is that? What's that song of you dirty laundry? The dirty laundry. Oh God, I can't even think of it now. What now? But it is dirty, dirty laundry <laughs> by the Eagles. Or Don what Henley, it, yeah, Don. I mean, because well, a lot of them went off and kind of did their own thing. So Don Henley from the Eagles. You're right. Yeah, from the Eagles. Yeah, that's how. Dirty it laundry. Interesting. But that that may that reminded me of that when you said everybody likes garbage. I'm like, yeah, no, everybody <laughs> likes dirty laundry. <laughs> Your dirty laundry. I think like uh, Charles Manson even had like a folk song he had written. Say garbage dump. Oh, garbage dump. You know, something like that. <laughs> what the hell? He, like, there's some recording never heard of, of this. Charles Manson singing this song or something. Or actually, I think it's even, maybe it's like actually an audio recording of yeah. him making this I song. Well I think he had up. an album. And like it's probably band? his crew. Yeah. <laughs> there, was a lot of ba- there was a lot of bands, <clears throat> or there was a lot of um, interesting things that were that were created through cult bands. There's, there's one specific cult. And I can't remember they were they were actually based in California, and I can't remember their names. But they came out. They had like a a band. They had like a cult band, and they kind of invented like they invented a new type of music genre. And what was it? 
I don't know. It was just really sporadic. It's very. It's <laughs> no, but I mean, it was. It was. It's almost kind of when you hear it, it's hard to kind of keep up with because it's a lot of clashing and banging and stuff. It's really yeah. weird. It's really off-putting. Yeah. But you, you kind of respect the artistry that's put into it. Hmm. I've I mean, never it, heard of that though. I, I'll have to. I'll have to figure out what it is. Do you remember what? See, do you remember what the group was called? I don't remember what the group was either. <sighs> and they were all weird too. <laughs> they were all really the were weird. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they were just yeah. But you said that you sort of enjoyed. So I mean, is it music or is it just kind of like this? It's kind of both. It's a mixture, like collage of, of sound. It's a collage of sound. <laughs> but they invented like this genre that I think maybe even still is like relevant today. I think still people may, maybe even like, like officially established. Yeah, kind of yeah. like fusion drumming. Mitch Mitchell from the Jimi Hendrix Experience. Yeah, he essentially invented a, a style of fusion drumming. Which is kind of like a jazz blues style of drumming. Yeah, wow. How it sounds or how it works, I, I have absolutely no idea. But I just know that that was something that he's said to have developed. Either either he developed the genre itself, or or he it was a facet of it. A friend of ours, could, a friend of ours, could probably correct us on that really quick. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of Mitch Mitchell, yeah, we actually saw him live. Yeah, we, we did. actually saw him perform live. I think. Like a week before he actually passed away. It was, yeah, it was fast. It was either it was a week or maybe a few weeks. I it remember was, was that close. though, because yeah. I think at the time, I mean, he was the the last living member of the Jimi Hendrix Experience. Yeah. So there was this tour that was going on that had several different guitarists and musicians. Uh, some pretty well known names. I know they had Buddy Guy. Yeah. Was one of them. Yeah. Um, so there was this event that was on tour called the Jimi Hendrix Experience. Yes. And it had several of these uh, musicians that were participating in it would take turns essentially going up and playing different songs. Right. By Jimi Hendrix. So it was In it was homage really great. to Hendrix music. And I remember that there were, uh, I think, three drum sets. Yeah, yeah. That were on stage. For the and, different drummers. Right. Because right. everybody kind of has their own setups. And, and how, right. You know, and how at a few points, uh, Mitch Mitchell actually came right. out and performed. Mm. And I remember, uh, he was very elderly by this point, <laughs> but he, hey, he could still he could still play the drums. He did, he but, did. But I feel like when he came on he's stage, he seemed a little a little out of it. Oh, he's fucked up. Man. And they were kind of helping him on the stage. Yeah. And he goes at one point, he he's talking up. in the mic, and mm -hmm. he's kind of like, oh, it's so scary seeing all these people <laughs> here. <laughs> Oh no, Jimmy! Something you know. He's I know confused. Jimmy's waiting on me or something. Anyways, I think at one point, like, didn't someone have to come pull him off the stage or something, or something like that? Or he kept, or yeah. he just kept like wandering out onto it and would play the drums randomly. Yeah, he kept going. Yeah, he kept wandering back out on the stage. He would get on one of the other drum sets. So you had two drum sets playing, sometimes two different beats. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially. When it was a when a certain certain performances were going, when he wasn't meant to be out there, he would just go out there on his own, anyways. <laughs> right. And I don't know if they were just kind of letting him do that at his own will, or if he was just taking it upon himself. But it was kind of right. awkward. Right. But I guess it was still cool because we we're like, hey, it's it's Mitch Mitchell, man. It's not bad. We're, we're getting more than we paid for. <laughs> like we're getting Absolutely. to see more performance. And I kid you not, a week I think it was a week later, he passed away. Yeah. In a hotel room, I'm pretty sure <laughs> he might have been on the yeah. same tour. I don't know. He did. He did, yeah. He went home to see Jimmy. <laughs> but yeah, man, we we got to see one of the last living members of the Jimi Hendrix experience. Yeah, a lot of the foundations of rock kind of came out of that era. Are you experienced? 
Well, she's walking. <laughs> hey, in the clouds. That's it, man. He had a lot of man. great songs. Man, he had a lot of good songs. You know, I heard something recently, and apparently it's been well known, but I've, mm-hmm. I've never heard it before. Supposedly, or there's some belief that Jimi Hendrix might have been autistic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or is that confirmed? Maybe I, I think a lot of people have concluded that, that he probably was. That's kind of cool. He really was probably the greatest. And I know that's debatable, but as far as guitar players, I mean, he certainly affected man. the music world. He did. He, he left did. his mark. Bam, 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 ba down, bam, bam. Foxy. Hey. Ba down, bam, 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 ba down, bam, bam. Foxy. Man, you don't hear music like that anymore. <laughs> Ah! Well, it's like a lot of genres just kind of disappear after a while. You call it new age or do whatever. You think, do you ever think that things like that, or I'm sorry, things like music, we don't hear those things before because what's left? I mean, it feels like somebody, everybody's done everything. Yeah. Like music just all kind of sounds the same now, you know? It might have different genres, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to tell because obviously there's people who do enjoy the new music and find True. the... The, the distinction in it, but I'm kind of like you, man. A lot of it, a lot of it sounds really, gen- it sounds very generic. It sounds very superficial, you know? Well, maybe we just haven't uncovered some of the good. <laughs> well, to me, hey, you know what? Boring. That's why, I mean, that's why I'm more likely to support some, somebody who isn't as well known because a lot of times they're, you know, they, they are, <laughs> that's probably why they're not mainstream, right? Because it's right. so different. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if people are ready for that yet. Well, they choose not to control <laughs> You know, right? I right. Mean, so, I don't know, man. It's I'd rather just do that. You know, but that that's also something that can always breed some of the greatest artists, too. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, some of the greatest artists are people who didn't really care whether they ever came, right. became famous or not. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were going to make music regardless. That's because that was their life. Yeah. That was their passion. That's right. That's exactly right. And damn it, it was their right. It's my right! <laughs> It's my right to play music and write music. <laughs> and you know what? It's, it's interesting that people who have such impacts, you know, you've heard of the 27 Club. Is that what it's called? The what now? The no, I don't think so. Club. Well, there's been a lot of famous people that have died in their at the age of 27. Really? And they call it the 27 Club. And I'm thinking, I'm actually trying to think, who all is included in that? I feel like Janis Joplin's in it. I mean, it's Janis. Sure, that's kind of depressing. The 27 Club is a list consisting mostly of popular musicians, artists, actors who died at the age of 27. Ooh. So what I was going with that is it's interesting to think that, you know, you've always heard the saying, the good die young. Oh, yeah. Is there some kind of, you know, I've had this thought before. Is there some kind of thing that if you fulfill a higher purpose on Earth in some way early in life, you get to leave Earth earlier? <laughs> I don't, is that, does that make That's sense? That's a heavy question, man. Does that make sense? <laughs> because we, we look at these people and we recognize in some way or another, I mean, they're, they're fam- I mean, literally, Jimi Hendrix, is tw- he's in the 27 Club. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix. Uh, Brian Jones, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, Man. Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse. Mm. So that's that's a, a lot of the musicians. I think there's probably other people as well in there. Like I said, artists and actors as well are included in that group. But 
these people have a, had a very profound effect on humankind to a degree. Yeah. And yet they died very young. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of that comes down to whether you kind of believe in a purpose or a predestined path for you in whatever way that manifests itself. Well, what I'm saying, it may not even be predestined. Mm-hmm. Maybe these people just... They did enough. They did enough. Yeah. They they did enough to say, you're ready. Right. It's time. Right. Wow. I don't know. I, I don't know. So, I mean, that, that could potentially signal a um, a method for ascension, right? If somebody's studying the art of ascending or ascension, or however the hell it all works, that would be a really interesting point to study, wouldn't it? These people and what they did and how they did it, and why all of a sudden it just... And what was the lasting effect that their actions had. Right. Kind of like Jesus Christ. Right, right. Will you not wait with me, (laughs) Peter? (laughs) Man, what a great, what a great film. (laughs) But yeah, man, so I mean, that all kind of centers around your thought process on how the, I mean, it, it all kind of wraps up into the similar, a very similar Christian ideology that focuses on the idea of salvation through acceptance, you know, of purpose, of why you're here and what you're here to do. To me, it's always a very broad thing, but I think that's something that, that's sometimes not explored enough. We don't. We only scratch the surface just because it's a lot of times it's all we're exposed to. And I think sometimes it's more comfortable to just stay there. Well, and it's easier to control people, too. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying <laughs> it's a method that's been used in the past. This is true. It unfortunately worked. You know, I like to think that we're in an age of reason and knowledge, but there's a lot of things that that make me question that sometimes. We see a lot of tribalism now, which is very primitive. We're we're, we're receding. It's very primitive. (laughs) We're receding. What can you do, right? Make a podcast and drink a beer. That's right, brother. (laughs) That's right. That's all you can do. And that's why we do this. It helps ease the mind. Well, it's, it's part of being human. To acknowledge that you're human. That's why we discuss things like this. And why we like to cut up and talk about our life experiences. Because we like to explore them. That's mm-hmm. what we do. We explore our experiences. It's kind of a myst- it's kind of, it's kind of some mystical shit, isn't it? Yeah. Speaking of mystical shit. Yeah. I read a pretty cool article today about uh, witches. Oh, yeah. During uh, World War Two. Tell me about that. And, and remind me again, the author. Because I think we, we've mentioned him once before. Gerald Gardner. Gerald Gardner, yeah. right. So this was, this centered around Gerald Gardner, Gardner, which he is known for... He's accredited to being the founder of Wiccan. Right. Wiccan or Wicca. I, I get it confused how you're supposed to so, say it. But So the article that I was reading essentially was talking about how during World War II, mm-hmm. when the British had been pushed back to the mainland, there was a lot of fear, obviously, of the... Um, German military trying to invade across the... Mm-hmm. The British Isles, yeah. Right. And there was a lot of effort made to protect the mainland, obviously with weapons. So during this time, everybody on the British Isle was trying to do every effort they could to defend the mainland. And it just so happens through learning this from through, through Gerald Gardner... Right. That during this time, there was also some witches that were actually actively... A coven, yeah. A coven that was actually trying to 
uh, utilize their powers to essentially hinder uh, any attacks from happening. Right. And, you know, he mentioned different things like, you know, causing weather issues or even to the point of actually manipulating Hitler's... His thought process. His thought process. Yeah. And, you know, there was air raids that happened on Britain, but there there was never an actual land invasion. Right. So some people speculate maybe it helped, but... (laughs) But that kind of got me talking to you about the Gerald Gardner guy, and you kind of explained a little bit more about the actual history behind how he actually became involved. Yeah. Uh, He wasn't always uh, practicing Wicca. No. He was was somebody who became very curious about the occult. So he began to study... He began to study different religions and practices, and I don't exactly remember how it all came together, but he kind of stumbled into a coven, a group of women who had held sacred knowledge, ancient pagan and druidic knowledge. Does that make sense? Am I saying that right? No. No, I, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, he came upon a coven that, that had held on to these customs, and they had never wrote him down because that was part of the tradition, was to pass it on. And this was the correct way to transfer the knowledge because not only did they have to remember how to do it, but they also had to they had to do it to learn it. So there was a process to it. it, it they were kind of cohesive. You learned these methods as well as this knowledge together at the same time. So what he wanted to do was once he had been inducted into this coven and began to practice with them and learn their methods and their ideologies, he had began to write a book. And he wrote systems, if you will, about how it all worked. And once he made it aware to everyone in the coven that he had written this book and that he had planned on wanting to publish it under the pretense that people needed to know this stuff. They needed to to share this knowledge of being connected and and spiritually enlightened through these Mm -hmm. practices or rituals. And and, and I'm not even really clear what the rituals were. I can't even remember how they they worked and stuff. I I believe at that point there was kind of a split between this coven faction because there were some that agreed with him that we should share and spread this knowledge, and there was others who said, no, this isn't, this isn't for the world. This is ancient, sacred knowledge that we have preserved through all these years. No matter how much oppression or violence is committed on our people, we've still maintained these practices. Mm-hmm. And if we let it loose into the world, it, it'll be contorted. Maybe it'll, they. I was going to say, maybe they feared of what people would do with it it'll, if they had it. Could it could potentially be hands, destructive, right? right. Um, so again, this is all explained by Gerald Gardner. He said this knowledge was said to have been very sacred to them. Um, he went and did it anyways, and apparently that was the foundations for modern-day Wicca. But it actually went through many different phases, too. It actually, at one point, was more of a feminist movement for a while. Or I, I take that back. It probably still has different aspects of it that, that are based in feminism, but um, supposedly anybody can practice it. I don't think it strictly has to be women. Was was Alistair Crawley? Was he Wicca? I, I don't know much about him. He was. He probably was deep into it. I'm sure he was. Yeah, I don't know a lot about him. He, he's an interesting character. I need to explore more. But he was always into the occult. It's some interesting so stuff. The Nazis. <laughs> yeah, Hitler was really deep into that shit. Mm-hmm. He loved it. It was interesting because even as Germany was losing the war, or, or I'm sorry, the tides had turned in the war and they right. were starting to lose. They were still investing large amounts of money in archaeology and all their archaeology right. investments. So it's right. very unusual. And possibility was that 
we know that uh, Heinrich Himmler was mm-hmm. particularly interested in the occult. Right, And things right. like that. Yes. And I think there was probably maybe some belief that somehow finding something of power could give them the ability to... An edge. An edge, right. Right. This, so so that's the but premise. Old, but old Indiana Jones just kept getting in there and <laughs> right. messing everything up. And that's also kind of the premise <laughs> for if you ever played the Castle Wolfenstein games. Oh, that's yeah. Also, but, um, yeah, they were. And, and Hitler's all, he was also, to my recollection, he was also involved with a cult. He was involved with a cult right. who, um, who supposedly they could receive messages from extraterrestrials. And, and some people cr- formulate theories that maybe they received knowledge from extraterre- extraterrestrials, which is how they had uncovered some of their knowledge on, you know, rockets and all that stuff. Because they were very advanced. Mm. Technologically, oh, the, yeah. the Nazis had become very advanced. I mean, hence the reason we stole a bunch of their scientists after World War II and had them Operation start working. Operation Paperclip. Operation Paperclip. That's what it was called. Right, that's right. Um, a lot of people were appalled by that. That German ingenuity, Mercedes. That's something we'll have to. That's something we'll have to revisit next week. Yeah, I agree. Because I'm really curious. I need to do more research on that. <laughs> and plus, it's getting close to Halloween, so spooky season's coming. Ooh, right. I'm ready. Yeah, I love it. Well, Chris, as always, it's been good. Absolutely. And if you enjoy what you heard tonight, we are streaming on all major platforms. And you can check us out on any of our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, everybody stay true, stay real, stay righteous.